Welcome to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Yes, that does mean indeed that we do not have Serge Ibaka in studio today. We are led to believe he is somewhere in OMP, but uh, not here at the, at the studio. It's all good, man. Yeah, we're in the same building, but he got different views right now. So Damn. apologies. We were teasing the Serge Ibaka. I did say it was a 50-50 shot. Yeah, yeah, I know, but... Just blame Jordy. Um, no. No, we're Shouts not going to blame Jordy. We love Serge on this show. So, oh, what? We have Serge uh, drops? Sir- <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, play, play the Scotty Barnes, please. Uh, Scotty Barnes. Nice. Thank you, Derek. Yeah, we were, we, were, we were pod only yesterday, and we really missed both Derek Brandeo and Jennifer Rolnick's presence. That was a prime Tobias Harris over me day. I know. So, I know. Um, Derek really missed out on a really busy day. But speaking of Tobias Harris over me, big news in the NBA. Over me? All right, I guess we'll start with that. Let me put away these draft lottery odds. Um, Doc Rivers. We'll get, to, we'll get to the draft lottery where the Raptors have a 1% chance of the, the top pick. At, okay. Cody, uh, at Kobe Bufkin. Um, yeah. Yeah, Doc Rivers announced this morning he's been fired. Not a doctor. I guess this is like, we did that one yesterday too, Derek. Um, uh, I guess this is another long list of firings that I'm not very surprised by. Monty Williams, I was yeah, not surprised yeah, by. Yeah. Mike Budenholzer, I was not surprised by. To be honest, Nick Nurse, I was not surprised by. So mm-hmm. any any surprises here for you? No, I, I think this is one of the other casualties of, of, of parity, um, just in general, with all the coaches getting let go. Uh, but, I mean, in this case, I, I think it was pretty clear Philadelphia needed to have one scapegoat. Um, I was a little surprised he was even kept on after last year, to be honest. Um but, you know, they decided to hold on to him, get into the same scenario, almost the same result. They go one game deeper than last year. Um, that's, and, that's progress. That's a step towards success. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Doc Rivers was very persuasive when he walked into Daryl Morey's office and it was like, but Daryl, we won game six by analytically by 20 points if you consider all the <laughs> but Darryl, missed calls. If you, need a, if you need a guy to... I'm not leaving. <laughs> if you need a guy to get you to three wins in a playoff series. I'm your guy. If they change the rules to best of five, Doc Rivers would be uh, Phil Jackson. Wow. That's, (laughs) that's, is that hot? Is that hot? That's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, No, but I mean, yeah, they, they needed someone to throw out the boat. I didn't even think it was necessarily his fault in this scenario. Um, I think he, uh, I think the Sixers were even fortunate to get to game seven in the first place. I thought Boston was a better team than them. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is sort of the reality of the job. And, I, you know, watching Doc Rivers, too, it's just like, how much longer do you really want to coach? Because every time you hear, like, reporters talk about Doc Rivers, I was like, oh, you know, he, he's always joking about the golf course and this and that. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you trying to send Doc to retirement? What's like, going like on? you're just not going to win a lot of press conferences nowadays if you're like, hey, we're in, unveiling our new head coach, Doc Rivers. And, and having said this, we obviously understand that there is a relationship between Masai and Doc Rivers. So if people want to connect the dots, I'm sure people – can do definitely not for me, dog. But yeah, exactly. We're like, gonna I'm, toss I'm not, those. So we're gonna un- unconnect those dots. Yeah, that's what we're doing. I mean, it was the same thing when it was the email stuff, right? Sure. So. I-, I think the Raptors, and we can get back to dog, but I think the Raptors are gonna hire somebody that that like we've never heard of. I feel like that's the route they're going down, like or one of these assistants that doesn't have the experience. I just like a Doc Rivers, a Mike Budenholzer, even a Monty Williams. That doesn't excite me in terms of getting a fresh start for this sure. team, and like having someone come in and like really instill something brand new for what this roster is going to be moving forward. Yeah, no, I mean, 
I think of coaching, like, obviously, just unless you're at the very, very top of the profession, the way Steve Kerr is, the way uh, Eric Spolster is, the way Greg Popovich is. And that's really it. Like, you're you're going to get changed out. The only other guy who's been around that long, um, comparatively, is Mike Malone in, in, in Denver, right? And obviously, they've had a lot of success. They're in the conference finals right now. Um, but unless you're on that tier, like, people are going to be hired purposely almost at times to get fired. That's part of the coaching experience. Like, well, at the very end of it, when you suffer a bad result, you know, when you're one of the 29 losers at the end of the year, you know, firing a guy is is one of those mechanisms that you can go to. Um, and so, yeah, I think for the Raptors, like, part of what's exciting to me about finding a new voice is that maybe you have a chance to get a guy who can eventually get to the point where they're on the level of a Kerr, of a Popovich, of, of a Spo. Obviously, that's very unlikely. Um but at least you have that chance. Whereas if you hire a guy who has proven to be successful elsewhere, yes, you do have um, the chance that they'll replicate that success with you. Like, I don't think anyone would have complained if the Raptors had as many regular season wins as, you know, uh, Mike Budenholzer has has coached the Bucks to in, in recent years. Um, you know, obviously, Monty Williams has gotten his team to a finals before, and he's developed a couple of players there in his program. Like, I think that's a very successful job done by him. Um, Doc Rivers has the Ubuntu Championship and uh, a lot of games. That was games 15 years ago, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I know. So, um, you know, the, those aren't bad results necessarily, but if you hire somebody who's already failed somewhere else before, like there is a high chance that you're not actually going to find, like, you know what I mean? Like a guy like Spo, a guy like Steve Kerr, a guy like Pop, they don't get fired. Yeah, no, I, th- I think you make a really good point. You know, I think thinking about the Raptors job too, like this is not a, a one-year job. Like you're not looking for a coach to come in and lead this team, like, you know, to the championship next season. Like, mm-hmm. this is going to be a long-term job, and you hope it's a partnership between the head coach and, like, you know, the front office. So, you know, to me, I still continue to just lean towards someone like, you know, Chris Quinn has been mentioned, and I know we've been drinking a lot of the Heat Culture Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. and some somebody like that, like somebody like that that can come in and be a really fresh voice, right, and really yeah. build something like you mentioned. Maybe the Raptors are the team that finds that next head coach that's there with the franchise for the next five to ten years. I, I thought... I thought these firings, too, is interesting. Like, we all know this, but it's like firing a coach is a lot easier than, like, you know, getting rid of the entire roster, et cetera. Oh, yeah, and it's like, of course. you look at all these teams, like the Sixers have their roster issues, right? The Bucks have their roster issues. Mm-hmm. Phoenix has their roster issues. The Raptors have their roster issues. But, you know, all of them had to make this first move, like, after their disappointing seasons. Yeah. Well, in Phoenix's case, I think their owner is just running wild right now. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean... Again, this is this is a product of parody, right? At least when mm-hmm. you, I think a, a couple of years ago in the NBA, it felt very much like you knew who was a going to be in the finals. It's going to be LeBron, and then who else coming out of the West? Probably the Warriors, um, or the Spurs. Before mm-hmm. that, right? You had a pretty high chance at yeah. guessing that. And now it's going to be LeBron and whoever comes out of the East. Yeah, which is just amazing for LeBron's <laughs> perspective. So what about parody? Um, but like, I, I think there's so much mu- like muddled space in the middle where mm-hmm. teams kind of think they're good, but yep. they're maybe not that good. And it good, sets like the itself Raptors. up for disappointment. Yeah, or th- yeah. teams that think they're great, but they're not actually just good like the Suns. Like, mm-hmm. it, it really leads to that point about disappointment. And again, like, once that bitter feeling is left in the, the, the mouths of the front office of the of the, of the uh, fan bases and things like that, like, you have to do something. You can't appear like you're not doing anything. And, like, the, the Sixers, they definitely can't appear like they're doing nothing, right? So Yeah, they're definitely on the clock. Which job, which job is the most attractive to you when you're looking at these right now? Um... Uh, with apologies to Detroit, we're not including that. Yeah, Unless sorry. you get Wemby tonight, though. I got to say that. Get Wemby tonight, that's up there. Sure, I guess. Um, so, 
Phoenix, Milwaukee, Boston. No, Phoenix, Milwaukee, Sorry, Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Toronto. Toronto. Toronto might be last on that list. Well, Toronto's the one team that does not have a superstar. Mm-hmm. Um, coaching a superstar comes with both pressures and obviously the great gift of coaching a superstar. I think Toronto could give you the most. Sad guy, Joel. I think Toronto, though, the one advantage is like for a new head coach might give you the most job security out of the four because their expectations are not there Suppose. right away. You have job security in Toronto until you win coach of the year. <laughs> and then they're smoking on that coach of the year pack. Oh, God. All right. Shout out to Mark Jones. Um, yeah, what's the most I, I attractive? I think the most you? attractive job is Phoenix, to be honest. Uh, I think I'm with you. You're just looking at the talent of those two guys, right? I'm looking at the talent of those two guys. Mm-hmm. Looking at Booker being the youngest star in that in that grouping out of those four teams. Um, you're living in a really just beautiful area as mm. well. You ever been to Phoenix? <laughs> What? It's not it's not beautiful? No, it is. I just it's, didn't know if you had a first-hand experience. No, I mean, it just feels like, you know, it's warm. Just you know. bantering? Yeah, no, <laughs> very low state taxes, yeah. all that kind of stuff. didn't mean to call you out on your Phoenix knowledge. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like I, I just think that, you know, they have some pieces around that you can really, really build through um, that yeah. I feel more confident in. Because, like, you look at the Sixers. If you fail next year, there's a good chance and be just decides this is not for me anymore. Sure. He could decide that this summer. We don't know that. Yeah. Or if the Bucks fail this coming year, there's a very good chance Giannis could be like, Yeah, you know, this whole roster is like thirty five and up. Yeah. Like I'm I'm I might want to leave. So Mark Jackson can coach Milwaukee for one year and then just slide right back into the ABC booth. <laughs> I apologize to Nikola Jokic. <laughs> I apologize to Giannis for going forty four and thirty eight. Uh, um, so okay, yeah, I so think Phoenix. I'm about to go with Phoenix. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Per Woj, um, the Sixers' search for new head coach is expected to include Mike Budenholzer, mm. their assistant Sam Cassell, Mike mm. D'Antoni, who obviously has ties with Daryl Morey, Nick Nurse, who also has ties with Daryl Morey, Frank Vogel, and Monty Williams, who was an assistant in the Sixers organization. So they're clearly not looking for a new voice. They're looking for they're looking for a, a coach now to voice. Come in. Yeah, exactly. A now voice to to win yeah. next year. And and again, that's that's where the pressure is going to be on for a lot of these coaches. Like mm-hmm. you could be very in a very different situation as soon as next year. Yeah, and, and we so. heard too that uh, there were reports yesterday that James Harden wouldn't have been thrilled with Doc Rivers coming back, uh, which begs co- the question. Okay. Which begs the question: If James Harden comes to you and you're Daryl Morey, and he's like, "Listen, man, here's my ultimatum: you fire Doc, maybe I won't go to Houston." I don't. I'm even listening to James at this point. Here's the thing. When we look at James Harden, we're looking at like a long history of two of 11s in important mm-hmm. moments. We're respect, the, respect the three of 11 three in of game 11s, seven, please. Right. Yeah. Most recently, huge improvement. Please. So that's what that's what we're seeing. Um, what Daryl Morey sees is a player that he's been on record saying is better offensively than Michael Jordan. Right. He's audited that through Ernst Young. It's right. been confirmed through Ernst Young. He, yeah. he, he's the one who is hugging him as he steps off the plane <laughs> succession style. All right. That's right. This guy <laughs> will just watched uh season four, episode three. He's caught up, hit him with those spoilers online. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, yeah, just maybe wait like two more days. I'll, I'll be fully caught up in two more days, but like that's who Darren Mori sees in. in Do you in think James he Harden, still so. sees that though? After like this playoff performance, after last year's playoff performance, like at some point, I think Daryl, yeah. you know, the the whiz of numbers can mm-hmm. can look at a three of eleven and, and see that. But I I do feel like his whole shtick has been like this, right? Like okay. for like the last, it feels like ten years he's hitched his wagon to to James. Sure. And obviously this will be the time to unhitch that wagon. But mm-hmm. I I do feel like yeah, if he comes to you and says like, hey, uh, I don't want to play for Doc anymore, 
And if you're the Sixers, you you still have to retain Harden. You can't just let him walk. There's not a great alternative to replacing him. So he has to be pragmatic and say, like, okay, look, I guess I'll fire the coach. Yeah, I, I think they're going to hire Mike D'Antoni. I feel like D'Antoni's name has come up a lot of times at, yep. on on the Daryl Morey teams ever since he left Houston. And Does Daryl only know three people? You know how like the Raptors only make trades <laughs> with San Antonio now? Most people now? in all industries only know three people, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I, I would lean towards Mike D'Antoni. I know, I know you're worried about the Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid pairing. <laughs> I'm worried about Nick Nurse, Joel Embiid pairing for the sport of basketball. Like, it's just giving me an unhealthy amount of complaining to the officials. Like, you don't understand. Like, okay, you know what? I'll put, I'll put it this way. All right. Nick Nurse is the Joel Embiid of coaches. Okay. 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 I, like, every official should be able to automatically, like, give him one tech each. Like, they should be one tech away from ejection. They should Not, start with one tech yeah, every yeah. game. Like, they, they shouldn't just have yeah. two techs like everyone else has two techs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like, they're like, yeah, it, it'll, it will just be so annoying. No, I um, feel like the refs are going to fi- uh, gonna have to, like, file some, like, HR complaints the way Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid yells at the refs. And if James Harden stays? You know, like, you know what I was thinking, too? So the clip was circling. I forgot about this. Last year at the end of game two when the Raptors were playing the Sixers in the first round, like Nick Nurse and Joel Embiid had a little exchange of words at the end of the game, right? They've, they've talked about each other all the time. Yeah, and they talk about each other all the time. And, like, when I think about it, like, I guess Joel Embiid's biggest playoff rivals are Al Horford and Nick Nurse. Can you name me another one? I think it's Al Horford and Nick Nurse and any one of his teammates, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's that's a, that's really tough. It's a short list. Um, I was going to say Al Horford and injuries, too. But, oh, yeah, 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 injuries I mean, as well. I, I but think, that's it. I think with Joel, like, I think with Nick Nurse bringing in, like, are, are you going to be getting an innovative offensive mind, right? I think, mm-hmm. it, remember, we even had an interview with Nick. Um, this is, like, at the start of uh, the season this year, right, prior to this season. And I even asked him about sort of, like, you know, hey, your, your defenses are consistently great. Um, offensively, the half-court offense, you guys, are, ever since Kawhi left, has just been really, really, like, at best, average, and at worst, like, literally t- bottom five in the league, like it was this year, right? Um, and he he talked about it. He was like, look, the the more I get into this game, the more I'm, I'm less focused on driving up plays and, and focusing on how to stop people. And that's not to say he only coaches one end of the floor, but I think he's definitely more talented in creating uh, a very diverse and, um, you know, creative set of defenses to sort of, be able to cycle through and stop an opponent versus creating a, a great half court system. Even in Toronto, he didn't have a even in the championship year, he didn't have a great, you know, half court offensive system to me. Now, of course, he hasn't had that superstar talent outside of Kawhi, but there's lots of teams that, you know, are able to pr- produce at a high level, even without superstar talent. Like, y- y- you know, um, the Sacramento Kings this year, for example, uh, and, and that's not to discredit De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis. But, like, neither of those guys would even be top 15 guys in the league. And they had a historically good offense, right? So there are obviously some coaches that can really implement that type of play. Um, I haven't necessarily seen that from Nick. And so if you are going to hire him, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's uh, Milwaukee, whether it's uh, Philadelphia, you're mostly hiring him from defense more than anything else. Sure. Yeah, and I think it also depends, too, I don't know, like what kind of assistant coaches he's going to be surrounded with. At these new places, you and mean like, Nate Bjorken? Oh God! And then <laughs> the disgusting brothers. Nick and Nate. <laughs> oh God, he's caught up. He's almost caught up. Um, yeah, and it depends on the roster too, right? All these rosters are in flux. Like I, I still will give Nick the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. You know that that if you know he he joins a team that has a Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, that he'll be able to to figure something out. Yeah, yeah no, of course. 
Right. Um, but, but I get your concerns. If, you, if you're Nick and you're looking at these three places, uh, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Phoenix, I'm not saying that he gets to pick, but like which, which one do you think fits him best? Is there one that fits him best? Um, I hate to say it, but Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to hate playing see- that. You Man. can see with Embiid there, like, they could construct... I mean, they already a really good defense. Um, like, they could construct something scary there. But I, I, I'm with you. I, I think the concern is still on the offensive end, especially if they lose Harden. All signs are Harden's going to Houston, which... So, so is he just quitting competitive basketball? I, I don't know. He's exiting the championship discussion, which I guess he was never in it. I don't know. <laughs> He's just said, I'm good. This is too much pressure for me. Like, people just keep slandering me. I keep getting to game seven. Yeah, I kind of... shoot two I, of 11 or I, three I, of 11. I kind of respect that. He's just... he's. That's not even quiet quitting. That's that's kind of amazing. No, he's just going to go make his money and then chill in, chill in Houston. Yeah. I don't think that's bad. I think, too, it's it's All funny right. for Nick to be able to walk into these three interviews. In Philly, he'll be like, yeah, I beat you guys in the playoffs. In Milwaukee, but like, I beat you guys. And he'll look KD in the eye and be like, yeah, I beat you guys. But maybe it's only because you played one quarter. I think it's also... It's funny because all three stars... I've talked about how Nick really has found ways to stop them, which I think is a huge credit in his favor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? There's, a, like, there's a definite respect there. Like, Joel Embiid even said this year when he came to the Scotiabank, he was like, I think Nick is more focused on stopping me than winning the game. Sure. Which, you know, look, I, that might be more of a criticism than necessarily a, a bit of praise, mm-hmm. but the fact is that he was still able to stop him. But also, I can't take anything Joel Embiid says seriously anymore no, you're until right. he gets out of the second round again. Right. We're I doing should, this again. I should never want to hear another Joel Embiid <laughs> press conference. I do conference. not either, man. Oh, but please don't get Nick and Joel together, man. Oh, man. You're in fear of that. I forgot to run this by yesterday, too, when we were recapping the Sixers-Celtics series. So they've lost three game sevens in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Um, 2019 to the Raptors, the Kawhi four bounce shot. Mm-hmm. That was the end of the Jimmy Butler era. 2021 to the Hawks. That was a Kevin Herter game and the end of the Ben Simmons era. Mm. 2023, obviously this year, they were up three, two, two huge collapses in game six and seven and possibly the end of the James Harden era. Um, if you were to look at these three, which, which one do you think was, was worse? Which is the worst game seven loss? Mm, I think I think 2019 because that was our only chance of winning a title. Yeah, I agree with you. They that were was... they were not going to win the conference finals in any of the other like rounds. Yeah, they w- so they would have played Milwaukee in 2021. Yeah, I think Milwaukee would have handled them, especially yeah. that 2021 Milwaukee Bucks team. And this year they would have played. Also, Miami. they haven't matched up with Milwaukee yet, but I actually think Milwaukee has a really good matchup that, against that, them. That's my thing with the Sixers too. Looking at their playoff failures, like outside of the 2019 Raptors team that went on to win the championship, I don't even know. How many, like, great, great teams they've played? I mean, you could argue this these Boston teams. Like, this Boston team is really good. Sure. Yeah. Sure, right? But, like, they haven't even run into, like, a LeBron James Cavs level, like... No, you just... Level of competition. A minute ago, you said the Kevin Herter game. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Herter, the like, same guy who on, disappeared man. in the first round this year. Like, the Kevin Herter game should be, like, game two of the series. <laughs> right. He had seven threes. Like, game Her- yeah. the Kevin Herter game should not be game seven. I think that's what, bo- that's what would bother me. That's what would bother me even more. It's like, it's not like you've had to run into, like, the LeBron Cavs, like the Raptors did all those Look years. Look them even last year. I know Joel came back and, and you know, sure. was wearing the mask and all that kind of stuff. But, like, yeah, they folded to the, uh, a Heat team that, like, who was even on that Heat team? Well, I mean, we can say that about every Heat team, really, outside of the, the big three era. Sure. But, like, seriously, like, who did they lose to last year? You know what I mean? Like, Tyler Hero, Max yeah. Drews, like... Should never feel good about losing to the Heat. No, I just think, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting in Philadelphia, but yeah. unless they make big moves this summer, I don't. I'm not putting them as a championship contender anymore, ever. I, that's, Again, that's that's fair. That's fair. But what if they have Nick Nurse? 
Uh, yeah, that's, that's you know I have not really cared where Nick has gone <laughs> until other than this. until today. I, I need for the sport of basketball to prevent this from happening. Okay, like, you want Adam this Silver for James for James Naismith? Yeah, like I'm not saying Nick can't have another job. Absolutely, Nick, but just not Philadelphia. Not Philadelphia. Him and Joel together would just be genuinely the most annoying. Yeah, don't worry. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there. they're gonna get Mike D'Antoni. Uh, um, well, you know. All right, we're gonna get to the conference finals in a bit, but before the conference finals tonight, 8 p.m. is the draft lottery mm. that will be taking place. The Raptors of Toronto have a 1% chance of landing the first overall pick, a 4.78% chance of ending up in the top four. In all likelihood, they'll so be picking. You're telling me there's a chance. In all likelihood, they'll be picking 13th. Yeah. Um, that's a 92.88% that they'll be picking 13th. That's uh, a radio station. Bobby Webster will be, uh, shout out to my guy, will be representing oh, man. the Raptors on stage. Teresa Resch will be at the actual drawing. Uh huh. Yeah, 1% chance at uh, Victor Wembayama. What have the Raptors done this season to deserve this? Okay. <laughs> Karma-wise. Here's the thing. Obviously, we, we, we can go over this, but the Raptors had a choice at the trade deadline. If they had pivoted away, they could have very easily secured themselves like at least a 10% chance at, at, at the top pick. Or maybe like at least, maybe, maybe at least like 8%, right? If, if they finished 33 and 49, they would have a 10% chance tonight. Sure, yeah, which was possible at the trade, time of the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Um but they obviously chose not to do that. And now they're in this spot where they don't have anything in the playoffs, literally not to show for. And they have like a 1% chance. Like the fact that they even have to send Bobby to this thing is going to be hilarious. Cause like, you know, you have to pay attention to this because of the fact that the Raptors have us like literally one of the slimmest chances possible. But at the same time, you also know that like, you're not going to win it. And so it's just you kind of annoying. You don't know that, man. You don't know that. There's a 1% chance. Yeah, I mean, like, this is the like... The Bulls jumped... They had, like, a 1.78% chance and jumped to get Derrick Rose. Yeah. It's yeah. been done. That was that was real convenient. That, the, the big, <laughs> Astrology. That was so convenient, man. Anyway, um, no, but this reminds me of last week. You were, you know, leaving the office, and you realized you had forgotten your wallet. And I was like, oh, here's some coins from my desk. <laughs> oh, that's right. And you took those and yeah. you went across the street to the Raba yeah, to and, buy and, a you, scratch and you got a scratch card. Like yeah. you literally, like if you, if you want to feel the thrill of the, the lottery with 1% odds, mm. like go just do a Kino. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, the Bobby Webster has basically flown to New York to scratch a Kino. Today, to have some so. uh, super fresh beer with Mark Tatum hey. in the green room. Uh, you know that's what? what he's in historically if we can set that up for bobby i think he deserves it so i'm looking at the list of on-stage representatives really mm. no excitement here charlotte's got mark williams do you know mark williams do you know mark Williams? Uh, no if you told if you asked me player or exec i would have said exec um chicago <laughs> bulls D- dylan terry yeah um dallas mavericks nico that's not his name nico man. harrison of uh of, did uh, i pronounce his name right of nike fame uh detroit pistons ben wallace yeah. Houston Rockets, Ime Udoka. Ime's like, yeah. damn, I should have waited two more weeks for these job <laughs> openings. I could have been coaching a contender. No, Ime genuinely should have waited. He, he really should have waited. But I mean, he can. He can if they get Wemby tonight, though, again. If they get Wemby yeah. and, and James Harden, it'll be the weirdest team possible. Oh, man. man. Yeah. Um, Indiana Pacers got Tyrese Halliburton there. That's cool. David That's cool. Griffin for the Pelicans. Nick Collison, who is an amateur evaluation scout. What does that even mean? With OKC. I think that means he's getting a check. Amateur. I think that's what it. No, means. but amateur means he's not getting paid. So. <laughs> he's an intern. So he just watches basketball and sees if the players are good or not. He's basically like a person on Twitter at this point. No offense to Nick Collison, who obviously has a number retired and, and is, yeah. you know, a former player and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Jamal Mosley. Never seen that title before. That's Jamal Mosley for Orlando. Oh, this is cool. Brandon Roy yep. for the Portland Trailblazers. It just says Trailblazers legend. 
Yeah. That's hard, man. That is hard. You know what? They don't. There's no more Brandon Roy in the league anymore. Mm. I, I miss Brandon Roy, man. That guy was. That guy was sick. He had that dog. Would you, you, know? would you rather have had Brandon Roy for like three years, or would you rather have Barnani? Oh, of course, Brandon Roy. Okay, all right. Yeah, for one year. Because um, the Raptors, that, that was a chance in that draft. No, well, that was, the that was Aldridge. With... Lamarcus Aldridge was the. No, Brandon I know right? technically though, but the Raptors had the number one pick, so they could have taken. Oh, anybody. okay. Brandon yeah, Roy was fair. like fifth or something like that. Damn. Yeah. They got both. Oh, okay, Peter yeah. Holt, managing partner of the Spurs. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned, Bobby Webster. Colin Sexton is going for the Jazz. That's a strange one. Wes Unsell Jr. as the Wizards. Is they Colin need to, Sexton the face of the Jazz? <laughs> they need to get more. I think Danny Ainge is. Um, they need to get more like, you know, celebs and just like, yeah. you know, like people who sit courtside at these games. Who sits courtside at a Wizards game? Get Wale there or something, man. Who sits courtside at a Jazz game? I actually don't know. Uh, Jordan Clarkson's mother. <laughs> No, but I actually don't know. That's I wanted some excitement yeah. Yeah. from this, and this is not exciting. No, you're right. I'm very um, disappointed. I guess I'll just go to the Jays game tonight and have a good time. No, I'll be watching this, though. I'll be watching this intently at 8 p.m. So, By the way, if ESPN starts, says it starts at 8 p.m., does it mean the draft lottery will actually take place at 9? Tune in at 8, 8 15, man. I am, sick, I am familiar man. with your game, ESPN. That's so sick. You know, the funny thing is, and no disrespect to anybody, but really, mm. honestly, like, I've seen so much of uh, Greeny that I just didn't choose to. <laughs> I love when they put, like, Michael Obama and Jalen Rose on, on that small couch at halftime. No, but they, they, they just, like, hey, you know, here's one play. They show you one highlight, and they're like, we're going back to commercial. And I'm like, why did you even break from commercial? Just yeah. keep showing me commercial. The Don't- TNT product is, like, light years better. Yeah, you just feel it. It's actually... It, it just feels it's, smoother. It starts on time. I'm like, I look forward to the halftime and post-game shows. I definitely look forward to post-game. Halftime, yeah. whatever. Halftime is always a little difficult. Sure. Because you're all like, I'm already strapped in for like an hour and a half of watching basketball. Probably want to get up, stretch my legs, whatever. Mm. Halftime is just not great territory, but it's especially not great territory when they break to show you one Jason Tatum layup. And <laughs> yeah. then they're like, all right, we're going back to commercial. And Mark Jackson's just like, hand down, man down, back to break. <laughs> like, that's what, that's what he's going to be saying to Giannis next year. Oh, God. Yeah. So, let's see. Um, so, Detroit, Houston, San Antonio all have um, 14% chance yeah. to land Wemby tonight. So, if Detroit lands Wemby, that Pistons job is suddenly going to be pretty attractive, right? But, I mean, is it, though? Like, is, I mean, it, you're getting Victor on my no, 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 You don't no, think no. it is? I, I just mean, like, is, like, Monty or, or, or Bud or, yeah. or Nick, who seems to be the top three, like, existing coaches... Like they're not going to change their mind and suddenly say, I'm, "Yeah, actually, guys, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna coach Giannis. I'm gonna coach." Detroit I don't know, instead. man. You got one by Yama, you know. Kay Cunningham is there. Like I don't know if they pass it up for a Phoenix job or something, but like, yeah, that's an attractive job. You don't want Dwayne Casey in the front office, Nick Nurse as coach. The oh. real, the real disgusting brothers. <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> you don't want man. that. Actually, you know what? I changed my mind. Yeah, I, that's I want in play. Detroit. Yeah, Houston, like we mentioned. Okay, Harden and Wemby would be in play. If San Antonio gets him, then Pop, I'm guessing, stays for a couple of years. I'm hoping San Antonio gets him. Yeah. Mostly because I, I'm I'm thinking about, obviously, there's Wemby has no say in any of this, right? Like, whoever's going to land the first pick in this lottery is going to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm thinking about him as, like, a generational player and, obviously, as a prospect. Everyone sees the highlights and all that kind of stuff. Like, it just, he looks physically impossible, right? And, obviously, also very skilled for that age. Um, I want him to go to an organization that has been able to develop players in San Antonio more than anything else out of all these other groups. They've been able to develop players. Now they don't develop players and necessarily like, um, like become great recently. Like obviously they've been struggling as a franchise, um, but they have consistently grown players, right? You see like Yaka Pertle when he was in Toronto, goes to San Antonio, comes back clearly a much better player, right? There was a real sense of development there. Derek white who 
you know, has, has had ups and downs in the playoffs um, for Boston two years in a row. But clearly he grew as a player and, and he was drafted there and developed there. You know what I mean? And, and you look around the league and there's just like DeJounte Murray is another case of that as well. Kawhi obviously is, is, is huge. So, yeah, I actually would like to see him go to San Antonio if it was all things equal. Because there's just some organization. Like, I don't want to see him go to Charlotte, for example. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. Who's Charlotte been developing? Mark Williams. Uh, teams that can teams that can make a jump. You know, Charlotte's got... Twelve and a half percent. You don't. You don't want to pay two dollars to see Lamelo Ball and Victor Wembanyama. You you think price of the brick going up if Wemby's there? That's good. Yo, they were paying dollar tickets, man. Like inflation has been happening all across North America. Like we're in the middle of a recession, and they're like, nah, 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 dollar tickets, man. Yo, come see Wemby and Thor, man. You can see you can see a Charlotte Hornets game live in person for the price of two IKEA hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, like, those are the only two recession-proof items in the world, man. Uh, Portland, Portland's got a ten and a half percent chance. Y'all better pray Dame doesn't land Wemby. That you know what. <laughs> You know what? If they let Webby, David's gonna be like, trade him for three vets. <laughs> trade no, him it, and it, get me three vets from Golden State. If they land Webby, I think there will be a real chance that they were like, all right, we're gonna move on from Dame. <laughs> it should be so funny. You know, they're like, we actually have a franchise player now. Yeah, they're like, we want to build. This, this is the perfect. No, it actually would be the perfect time to trade Dame. If that no, were the I case. think Dave legit would press them to trade Webby. <laughs> Which would be so funny. Oh, man. He's like, yeah, I really like Wendell Carter in Orlando. <laughs> Let's get three of these guys. We, we got the wrong win. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, Orlando, too. I mean, Orlando's got a nice young core. If they get if they sure. get Wemby, yeah, yeah. that'll be super interesting. People have been saying OKC. I mean, OKC only has a 1.7% chance. Yeah, they were actually a good team this year. So. Yeah. Good well, for them. We were not, and we only have 1%. So. There we go. Yeah, I, was, I honestly, if they do hit the one percent lottery, like was was Bobby the right pick for like someone who's going to show tons of excitement? Because I need to see Bobby, like you know, like you know those like those like those gambling commercials where like the yeah. the guy wins some sort no, of. No, I like, want Bob. Ch- I like, want Bobby lottery. to you know you know rip his tie off or That's something. That's what I'm saying. Like, like they, something they rip crazy. The top, they look they look wild and they're like, yeah. Bobby, you got a thousand dollars per day for the rest yeah. of your life. What are you going to do? <laughs> Like, I need to see yeah, Bobby, like, go do. all out. Like, it can't just be, like, a fist bump or nothing. Like, right. We need something, like, exuberant. No, nah, I need him to see him, like, jump on the table like Tom Cruise. Like, <laughs> jump I on him to, uh, I want Mark him to Tatum. smash two beers like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. You know, I'm the lethal weapon. Yeah, I, I do not I finish second. <laughs> I need to see that for Bobby, all right? I got to say, though. That's a 1% chance we're seeing Bobby jump on a couch tonight. <laughs> I got to say, though, if the Raptors land this, it'll be so funny. Because oh. everybody will be so mad. Because then oh. Wembayama is not going to be in a U.S. market. Um, so. You know, Raptors fans will still be mad at the front office saying we should have tagged. <laughs> They'll be like, trade Fred. I'm like, all right. They're gonna be like, we should have had a 14% chance instead of a 1%. But no. Raptors landing Webby would be the funniest no. thing and you know in what? the NBA in the last like five years. In terms of developing players. In terms of <laughs> developing players, um, the Toronto Raptors. It's a great chance of developing players. So for Wemby's perspective, yeah. it'd be great to come. They're gonna here, have to take know? out the win from the Noah Analytics and just have it say Wem. <laughs> Yo, that'd be that hard. would be hard. That's what that would they be should, super hard. Yo, that's man. what they should put up tonight, man. Let's get this one percent, man. I'm feeling good as a one percent. By the way, I'm feeling good. if we if we have Wembayama in this market, do you mm-hmm. understand the ratings for this show? Like, we would never have to even consider Dre Pod anymore. Oh so, my. Okay, so we got a roof for this. We got too. a roof for this. you know what? I'm I'm locked in. 8 p.m. I'm gonna sit on my couch, man. All I don't right. care if ESPN shows me greeny right at, away. <laughs> I'll be at Loon, Looney Dog Night at the Jays game. All right, well. With my nephews. That's called, I was, that's called I was, the Charlotte Hornets game. I was also going to say before we go to break, you yeah. know, this is the most sought after prospect in 20 years since LeBron, 2003, right? Um, and why are you trying to think of somebody else? You yeah, say I'm trying Zion? to think about, like Zion, Zion, Zion had that level of hype. Yeah, um, but I think like 
I think in terms yeah, of, wow. I would say Braun, but like I was looking at Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose had some pretty sure. good matches around there too. No, no, I'll give you that. Um, so I was looking at the first overall picks from the last 20 years. Yep. And this is not to say that Wemby's going to be a flop. Sure, um, go ahead. But it's just, you know, okay, first overall picks past two years. I put them into categories. Mm-hmm. Category one is, you know, GOAT behavior, and that's, uh, and that's only LeBron. Okay, yeah, fair. Second category, I put franchise player slash Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight Howard, despite his antics in Taiwan, is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, of course. Um, Anthony Davis. Yeah. Would you put, put him yeah. up here? Okay. Yeah. All-star level players, next category. Derek Rose. This is when they were at their peak. I mean, honestly. healthy Derrick Rose. Yeah, was on the this next is when tier. they were at their peak. Derrick Rose. I think he was the next tier. Okay, we'll put him in the next tier yeah. then. Um, all star level. Blake Griffin was yeah, an all star sure. in his yeah. prime. John Wall. Yeah. Kyrie Irving. Cat. <laughs> Zion. And then next category, I have decent players. Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, sure. Andrew Bogut. DeAndre Ayton. And then dis- disappointments. Um, Andrea Bargnani. Yep. Greg Oden. Anthony Bennett. Ben Simmons. Markel Fultz, and then TBD, Anthony Edwards, Kay Cunningham, Paolo Banquero. So there's not like, you know, Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm, I, I this mean, is not an right. indictment right. on Wemby. No, no, no. This is just I'm just draft. saying when, really you draft, draft. when you draft yeah. first overall, like, you know, you look across two decades, like it's less not, than half of these guys really panned out. No, you're right. It's, it, it is really is not that sexy. Yeah. But then so, again, we're talking about a guy who's like seven, like he's like I, I seven foot four. And he's doing step back threes. I get it. It's just that shot. all these guys seem like they're destined for stardom when they're coming in, but mm. lots of things can go wrong. And the, I think the league really needs this to pan out too. Like I, so? I do worry about the, like the league. next star. Yeah, you don't think we got enough like Giannis, Luca? They're just that, not like those guys. They're just not like instantly recognizable the way LeBron is. Like okay. we're talking about a very very different level. You're talking global. We're talking global. We're talking about like we can hitch everything to them. He's like right. the perfect face of the league. Never gets into any controversy. I gotta well, see we can Wemby. debate him still every day. Yeah, like, I gotta see Wemby's personality too, because sure. like that's huge too, right? Yeah. In terms of the global appeal, that's fair. All right, Raptors, one percent chance. Let's get it. Oh man, Bobby, get ready. All right. Uh, anyway, we're gonna take that break. I've been your host Willow. You've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When we come back, we will talk John Morant and uh, we'll talk uh, Lakers. Versus Nuggets. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers Sportsbook award winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus, available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1 866 531 2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Starting next week mm-hmm. for the rest of the playoffs and the off season. Um, for the remainder of the playoffs, we'll still be doing episodes on the podcast feed. Yep. Monday to Friday. Yep. So for people watching or listening, um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast to get the content. Yeah. So your current plan is you want us to record after games. I mean, that's a suggested plan. We don't have to do that every day. No, because it, it does change people's listening habits. People are usually listening for the commute home rather than the commute to work. Uh, well, what so. about our life schedules? 
Yeah, I just, I'm not worried about that. Okay. I, I only care about the customer. So. Oh, okay. I yeah. care about the customer too. And I you're think up with, you're up until 4 a.m. anyway. The man. quality of content will be great yeah. if we record at the end of the night. I agree. Right after the games. Okay. And then I can go golf with my dad in the morning. Is that what you do? Is that how you live life? I mean, when I have time, yes. Um, uh-huh. What else was I going to say? Um, yeah, I think that was it. That was Anyways. It. John Morant was showing flashing a gun. <laughs> what a hard transition. Wow, on his okay. friend's Instagram story. Uh-huh. This weekend on his IG Live, actually. And the Grizzlies uh, immediately suspended him from all team activities, pending further review from the Why? league. He couldn't, he couldn't represent the team at the, at the, they at said, the lottery? Like, they what do you they mean? said, we will keep keeping John under all circumstances. Um, Woj says that he might be facing a lengthy suspension yeah. to start next season. And Chris Mannix of SI also said that um, some executives believe it might be for half a season or, or more. Um, yeah, we, you know, Ja had his, had his incident during the season mm-hmm. and now for this to happen, I think it's just like bigger concerns about just like, I actually thought, you know, I was listening to Bomani Jones's podcast and I always go to him for these kind of topics. I think he, you know, generally has really good thoughts on, on these types of things, uh, big picture wise. And he was just talking about like, is Ja even happy with his superstar life? Like, it just seems like he just doesn't seem happy. Interesting. Um, he just doesn't want to fulfill the obligations of being a superstar and having to do all this stuff. The obligation is just not waving the gun. Yeah, but publicly. I mean, I think, like, it's, I think it's just like the people that he surrounds himself with. And I know there's been a lot of videos too of him just like drinking straight from a bottle of like tequila and things like that. I mean, there's, there's video of you and me doing that at karaoke. No, but it's like, like, it's, gen- it's like general concerns about like alcoholism and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. No, like it's... I think that's actually a good perspective to look at it. I, I just think that for 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 like us as basketball fans, um, I think it's a shame because I really like watching John Morant play. Um, and obviously, this is going to limit him from playing on the court. Definitely don't want to see him hurt anybody. Um, I understand gun ownership is like extremely different in the states as compared to pretty much everywhere else in the world. Um, and so, from that perspective, I'll never really understand it. Um, it's just a different culture down there. Uh, but at the same time, I think. Uh, uh, he wouldn't be the first NBA player with a gun. I'm sure lots of NBA players own guns. I think the only thing is, can you just not show it publicly or not use it in a crash? Yeah, no. And I just... think that's, we're just asking for very, very basic things. Listen, man, he's got everything. He's got the $200 million plus contract. He's got the Nike deal and everything. Like you just, you know, safety first, obviously, but also like, you just don't want to see a guy just throw all this away, man. He's on his way to throwing it away. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, like, and, and even the first time he did it, like, up, you know, that was, Close enough to the playoffs where it wasn't like you're going to spend him for that long. Right. We saw the whole thing. We he, saw checked he, into, he checked into rehab, went to therapy for five days and came back. Yeah. His, like, dad, his dad wore like redemption themed hoodies on short sure. side. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that all of it was clearly like a circus as it was happening at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as with everything, you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt one time. And yeah. now when it happens again, it's just like, okay, well, yeah. Then you have to escalate what you're going to do in terms of how you're going to de- deter him from doing it again. But without really knowing like what his lifestyle is and sort of who the people are, you can only make assumptions. And I just do feel like, I don't know, you get to really close to um, a scenario where I think for me, it, it looks like common sense, right? And I think for you, it probably looks like common sense. Just don't do this. Mm-hmm. Like you could, again, you could even partake in some of the stuff without doing it on IG Live. Like again, he wouldn't be in trouble and his life would go on. But um, yeah, I, I, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. But, again, uh, he lives his life. We live ours, you know. Yeah, I just think sometimes, too, when you get successful to this point, I think across anything, it might be hard to, like, detach yourself from, from certain people that you might want to yeah. move on from. 
Uh, by the way, the Grizzlies have been very successful with Jaw off the floor this season. Now, of oh, course, okay. we're not talking about in a playoff setting. We're talking about in the regular season. But, like, yeah. you know, at the same time, I don't think Memphis is, like, championship contenders or anything. But, yeah, yeah. Their, their record is very strong with Jaw off the court. Yeah. Um, so definitely make sure to invest in a backup point guard. Obviously, Tyus Jones is there. Like, just just keep just keep him there because, you know, well, Jaw ja might be in and out, not just because of injuries. Jaw is now moving up the list of unreliable guys, man. He's up there with Zion for me for different reasons. Um. Anyways, that that draft class looks so promising. By the way, yeah. But, who else was in that draft class? Well, I mean, there's Darius Garland as, as well. He might he might slowly. Oh yeah, the best player in that group if if this keeps going. Damn. Anyways, and now it's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Ten mm. minute Between the Lines segment for oh, you okay. today All as right. we preview the Lakers. I'm excited. Nuggets. All right. Series. This is a rematch of the bubble. Both conference finals. Yep. Rematch of the bubble. The only players remaining on the Lakers from the bubble are LeBron. And AD on Denver side is Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., and Nikola Jokic. Yeah. KCP has appeared again, but he's on Denver. Oh, that's um, right. <laughs> that's so there's that little tidbit. Yep. Dwight Howard is in Taiwan at the moment making yep. a lot of IG videos. Um, Literally, Nihao. Key storylines. What are the key storylines for you? How will the Lakers guard Nikola Jokic? What can you take away from Jokic's game? Um, so watching the film of this season of the matchups between the Lakers and uh, the Nuggets is completely useless because obviously the Lakers changed up their whole roster and they played four times, but it was all before the trade deadline. Um, you literally had a game here with the Lakers where um, Denver won, but this was the, 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 the Lakers starting five. Okay. For that game. This mm. was uh, January 9th, 2023. Dennis Schroeder. Who's still there. Still there. Yeah. Thomas Bryan. Max Christie. Thomas Bryan now on the other side. Yeah. Juan Toscano-Anderson, Patrick Beverly. That was their starting five for the Lakers. Man. So you can literally throw away all these four matchups. Okay? Sure. Because yeah. a lot of them are like that. Um, obviously, AD is going to guard Jokic. Jokic mm -hmm. is going to guard AD. Um, yeah. I actually think it's fairly straightforward across the board. Aaron Gordon's going to guard LeBron. LeBron's going to guard Aaron Gordon. Probably help off of him a lot. Aaron Gordon's going to then probably creep back door for dunks and you know open threes. That's kind of his game right now. Um, offensively, at least. Um, you're you know, the point guard matchup is going to be interesting because I think Austin Reeves has really shown an ability to play physically. And even when his shot's not dropping, he's he's always able to get into those in-between spaces, drive, and then sort of like he invites contact in a way that's a genuine skill. But also at the same time, he, he kind of just like, you know, it, it is a, no, a little bit annoying to watch him sort of jump sideways and, and draw fouls. Um, but, you know, that's where Jamal Murray is going to have to, you know, match that physicality. It was kind of eye-opening in the Warrior series how – a guy accomplished as Clay Thompson, famously of the four rings. Um, like, he struggled with Austin Reeves. Like, it, it was just a real struggle. And I think for Jamal, like, we're going to need to see Jamal at his very best. Um, I know on paper it doesn't look like – it looks like a mismatch. Jamal should definitely win this matchup. But I don't know. That's a really key one for me. Um, because I, I do think that Jokic has a chance to be the best player in the series. I think he's been the best player um, in the second round. Um, but at the same time, like, I think it's going to be a very different experience being guarded by AD versus being guarded by, um, Jock Landale. And yeah. The Bismack sports Biombo. guy. Yeah. Jock Landale. The that's, sports a, guy. that's the disgusting brothers right there, man. <laughs> Jock Landale and Bismack be on game six. No, but, like it's going to be very difficult. Um, but at the same time, we've seen Jokic continuously score. We see, and, and it's for the Lakers. Obviously you got to be able to guard without the ball. That's where playing the Warriors really did help because you definitely need to guard the Warriors off-ball movement. It'll be similar in this case, except for the fact that AD can't just sag off of um, Draymond or whoever he was guarding 
and just sit in the paint because obviously Jokic will just score from those positions. So you got to be pressed up on him. What does that do now when you don't have that one roamer, really long defensive player who's able to take away the rim, take away a lot of back cuts? Um, he's going to have to press up, which means it's even more important for the Lakers guards and obviously LeBron as well to really play tight to um, the rest of their guys because they're so good at backdoor cuts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, and I like it's no disrespect to the Nuggets, but looking at their competition in the first two rounds on, on the defensive end, you know, going up against Minnesota, a team that I don't respect, and, you know, Phoenix, like you mentioned, what they were able to throw at Jokic. You know, I think this is going to be a different level of physicality mm-hmm. for this whole Nuggets team, especially Jokic, to deal with. Um, and, you know, I think I think the thing for me, too, is, like, there's a lot of swing guys in this series. For me, you know, when you look at uh, Michael Porter Jr., you know, even looking at, like, a D'Angelo Russell, like you think about the Lakers sure. in the first two rounds. Like, they've had so many role players step up. Like, there's a Rui Hachimura game against Memphis. You know, there was a Lonnie Walker game. Um, and, you know, I I wouldn't even call the Austin Reeves game because I, I feel like I respect oh, Austin Reeves yeah. more than a role player at this point. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I'm, I know what I'm getting from him every night. And, and the question for me still goes back to, like, you look at, you know, LeBron being on his greatest of all time behavior in game six to wow. eliminate the Warriors. Like, how many of those games does he still have left in the tank, right? Even how many quarters of those? Um, because the Lakers don't have home court advantage again for the third straight series. Yep. But we've seen the first two series. They've they've had the same script in beating Memphis and Golden State. They stole game one mm-hmm. on the road, and then they won game three and four at home yeah. and then took care of business in game six. Yeah. And I think if, if the Lakers are going to do it, you know, I actually think they have to win tonight. I don't think you can lose the series tonight, but I think they can really give themselves an edge here because, like, LeBron, these LeBron-led teams in the playoffs is just all about controlling and dictating pace, right? Like, you go up 1-0, yep. you force the other team to make the adjustments, and you you, you have the advantage. Um, and, you know, Nuggets are 6-0 and in these playoffs um, at home. Yep. So are the Lakers. Yep. But, like, it's really hard to win in Denver. Like, you look at Phoenix, right? Like, like they got their two wins at home, and granted, that was because Devin Booker and Kevin Durant went nuclear. Mm-hmm. But I've yet to see a team really challenge the Nuggets at home. Like, the Nuggets are a really good yeah. team, right? So I'd be very curious to see tonight if, if the Nuggets just, like, continue their dominance at home run off the floor or if this com- looks like a completely different matchup than the first two that they've seen yeah. in these playoffs. So I'm really curious about tonight. Um, I, I think for the Lakers, they should – I mean, they, they play out of the post a decent amount, mm. um, but I think that the ability to play even more out of the post, I just think that um, – you know, the, the Nuggets, because they're a smaller team, like, they, they can definitely pressure up at the top better, I think, than they can help at the rim. Mm-hmm. Um, Jokic is a decent helper at the rim, but obviously that's a guy you can score over. Um, Michael Porter Jr., I just, I'm pretty disappointed in his defense yeah. in general. And then Aaron Gordon's going to take the primary defensive assignment against a LeBron, who's most likely going to be the guy in the post, facilitating on the, in the first place. So I just think for the Lakers, like, starting their offense, like, in the paint rather than starting from the perimeter is probably going to be a better bet. I know most people look to attack... Uh, you know, Jokic in the pick and roll more than mm. anything else. And the Lakers do have some options there, but I actually think that like, if you're telling me that you're going to run a ton of LeBron AD pick and rolls, first off, I, I would love to see that because that hasn't happened yet so far in this playoffs, like and a super high dose on a consistent basis to win the four games in a series. That's not what the Lakers have been playing like. And I'll, at the same time, I also don't want to see Dennis Schroeder and, and Austin Reeves have more of the ball. Right. Mm. And so I, I do think that starting their offense through the post probably makes the most sense. Um, Obviously, AD is going to, you know, have to manage to play without foul trouble because I think this is a scenario where there's just nobody really backing him up that can really... They really have no bigs, man. Mo Bamba's yeah. still hurt. Um, Tristan Thompson is Tristan Thompson. Yeah. 
So it's like Rui Hachimura will come in or like LeBron will play small ball center, which he did against the the Warriors. Sure. Um, the, the bench matchups will be interesting too, just because I think um, Denver's bench, I don't really trust them on the road, but I, they have shown me some moments uh, mm-hmm. at home. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a really fascinating matchup. I also like the idea of just the two smartest players in the NBA going ahead. Oh, yeah. LeBron and, and Jokic are, to me, the two smartest players in the league. This is going to be amazing. They're, this they're, is gonna like, be very they're actual geniuses on the court. And so mm-hmm. I think there's going to be lots of adjustments and counters. And, and I think it should be a long series. Like I really, really hope it's not a repeat of um, what it was in the bubble, which was 4-1. By the way, in that series, like, the Nuggets had Jeremy Grant, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Monty Morris, Mason Plumlee, P.J. Dozier, Torrey Craig, Troy Daniels, Michael Porter Jr., Right, that was their mm. group, and the Lakers had a very different group. Danny Green, JaVale McGee, KCP was around AD and LeBron. Then Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, Rajon Rondo, who was actually really good. He was great in, in the bubble. Dwight Howard, who was also really good in this series, being really physical with him. Like they don't have a backup like that to come in and really disrupt and get extra fouls. Yeah, and minutes. No, I, I think uh, on I, Joker. Yeah. So no, I think I'll be interesting. Yeah, Nuggets are minus six and a half favorites tonight. Wow, six and a half at home. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Lakers. Um, really, and I'm gonna pick the Lakers to win in six. I I trust I trust the Lakers defense and uh, I trust LeBron. I just trust the Nuggets' ability to play home. So Listen, man, Nuggets th- are an amazing team. Like, I don't want to discredit that. Yeah. I just got to ride with my guy, LeBron, and I want to see Tristan Thompson in the finals. Well, I, I think I will disagree with you. I think I will stick with uh, Denver. I think if the Lakers do win a game on the road, it'll be game two rather than game one. Okay. Um, and I think I have Nuggets in seven, just okay. based on the home, no. home, home court advantage there. Listen, uh, Nuggets are an incredible team. Yeah. I just... I just need to see LeBron lose in one of these situations in a conference finals, even at age 38. That's um, fine. That's fine. It really hasn't happened since like, I mean, they the, lost to the Phoenix in the first round, like a couple of years ago when AD different. got hurt. That was right? different. Yeah. Anyway, so that was between the lines brought to you by bed rivers. It's a whole new game. We have Joseph Cacharo and Joe Wolf on joining you tomorrow. That's right. To preview the uh, Eastern conference and talk about other things. Where are you going to be? Uh, I'll be listening and producing, uh, right. putting on my producer hat. And since I won't be here, I'm picking the heat in six. Oh, so, okay. That's what I'm going really? with in the East. Yeah. Okay. I think I, I think the Celtics are going to the finals. Unfortunately. Really? Yeah. You you. The Celtics are going to beat themselves twice in this series. Okay. And yeah. the Heat are going to beat themselves zero times. I, I don't think Jimmy Butler is 100. percent But I guess I'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You talk the, about that tomorrow. I'm all the way in on Heat Wolf culture, on. man. Amy Audibert, I hope you're listening. I will see you at the Blue Jays game tomorrow. That's right. As well, uh, with those two. Boston will lose on Thursday. Uh, there we go. Okay, yeah. so that does it for us today. I've been your host, Will Loon. You've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show. We're listening to podcasts, and please rate and review the show. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our producer Derek Brindale, Jennifer Olin for your helping behind the scenes, and uh, we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow.